this is uh, Will Procasio. Hi, this is Brian Azzarelli. This is Freddie Williams. Hi, this is Lieber Mayo. Hi, this is Matt Wagner. Hey, this is Tim Sayer. Hi, this is Nadia Nicolidis. And Christina Weir. Hey, this is Ethan Van Skybro. Hey, I'm Duncan Wynn. Hi, this is Kevin Van Duncan here. This is the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number... 26. I'm your host, Dustin, and as always, we have with us... It's Apple. You got Josh. And we are bringing you the latest comic news from the last two weeks, and your upcoming releases for the next two weeks, as well as comic reviews from the past two weeks, and a discussion, and this week's discussion will be our final predictions of who Batgirl will be since next week. Batgirl will be coming out in Batgirl number we also have Batman Brave and the Bold report from the kids, and we also have uh, Bat Books for Beginners. So let's get into it. It's going to be a little bit short of an episode because there's not a ton of stuff to cover, but as always, there is things to cover. So let's get into the very first thing. On August 6th, it was announced that there's going to be a new artist coming to Red Robin. The source posted up an entry saying that there is going to be a new artist coming to Red Robin in November. It was announced last month that Ramon Box, who's currently working on Red Robin, will actually be working on Azrael with Fabian. Uh, since he will not, he will be on that book. They are going to have a new artist on Red Robin starting in November, and that artist will be Marcus Toe. Um, some may have seen his work in Aspen Soulfire is something that's not very familiar to the DC Universe, but that's how he became well-known. And they posted up some of the art. You can check out the art on the website. They also posted up a the cover of Red Robin, number 6. So make sure you're checking out all the stuff on the website. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I really like the arts. I, I collected some of the, the, As- the Aspen comics, of course, uh, you know, uh, Michael Turner's creation, and that guy's very good. He's very talented, so we're very lucky to have an artist like that, even, just even doing Robin. I mean, hopefully, maybe they're, you know, maybe modeling him to get on a Batman book, you know, a regular one. Red Robin, but yeah, that's going to be uh, difficult to get used to, calling him Red Robin from Robin, but yeah. I've uh, seen little samples of the stuff, so I'm excited about it, getting some new talents on some of these new Batman books, breathing some new life into this supposed new era. And I just said new a lot of times, but that's (laughs) the thing, you know, it's uh, kind of rejuvenating all of this, you know, giving it some more attention. So I'm excited. Exactly. All right. So moving on, on, also on August 6th, it was announced that there will be a Batman Doc Savage special coming in November. The source obviously flooded with news about Batman on the 6th, which um, was a good thing since prior to that it was pretty much uh, pretty dry for about a week and a half. Uh, The new thing announced is that in November we will be seeing a Batman Doc Savage special. The writer for the project will be none other than Brian Azzarello, who you may remember wrote the Joker graphic novel last year. He will be teaming up with Phil Noto, whose art you may have also noticed from the covers of Batgirl. No word on whether or not this will be Batman Bruce Wayne or Batman Dick Grayson, but I would bet, and all of us would bet, that it's Bruce Wayne. And we can expect some more news um, in a second when we talk about the comments that the source got from Brian Azzarello. If the covers that he does are anything like his Batgirl covers, it'll be months before we know if it's Bruce or Dick. We're going like, to get covers of like Batman putting on his boots and... 
Batman smiling, they're going to be like, oh, of course it's Dick, because Bruce would never smile like that. Well, not necessarily, because Bruce smiled in issue, etc., etc. Okay, well, needless to say, let's move on to Ezra's <laughs> comments about the Batman Doc Savage special. He specifically said, on this was on August 7th, this was posted up on The Source, he said, cities are urban jungles. There are also uncharted, mysterious countries with their own jungles as well. It's a world where you're guilty before being proven innocent, something that rarely happens. Little people make big mistakes and suffer the consequences. Life is cheap and everyone has their price. Where part of the thrill of being rich is watching the poor suffer. You know, my kind of place. And then they also showed a, the variant cover for the special, which is done by Rags Morales, and that can also be seen on the website. Yeah. All right, so moving on, on August 7th, we've got uh, a little bit of an interview that was done by Newsrama with Judd Winnick about his work on Batman. There wasn't, like, a ton of really super interesting points, but there was a couple, and the ones that were was about Two-Face's involvement in the upcoming story. So here are some of the details. Newsrama asked, At the end of this last issue, it was apparent that readers aren't the only ones who knows there's something different about this Batman. Why do you think Two-Face figured it out in particular? And then Judd Winnick replied, Two-Face is someone who understands duality. I think he also notices the physical, obvious, less philosophical aspect of it because he's someone who has fought both Batman and Nightwing before, but the flip side of it is Two-Face understands duality. And Newsrama replied, Ah, I think you slipped flip side in there. Winnick said, ha ha ha, unintentional, but there you go, I'll take credit for it, I did that on purpose, absolutely. But yeah, Two-Face understands the duality of personality, and I think something in him senses that Dick doesn't have it. There's something about Batman that those who fight him, those who frankly are as ill as he is, can sense. There, That's something I always try to touch upon with Batman, is that he's not a normal person at all. There's something very wrong with him. That's why he does this, and that's why he can't. He can do it so effectively because he's driven. Well, those he chases, who are also obsessive in turn, they all share something. They all sort of sense it. Joker, Two Face, Scarecrow, Killer Croc. The list goes on. These are all really just damaged people, and I think they know their own kind when they smell smell them. They sense it in Batman. Even from a distance, Harvey knows there's something different. Something's missing. See, I, 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 and that's something I don't agree with because Dick suffered the same thing that Bruce did. And I know I know, Dick, Dick Grayson went on. He's been Robin. He's been Nightwing. But that's what I always felt Nightwing should have been. He should have taken a darker turn like Bruce. But there was something somewhere along the line where writers just make him the lovable guy that you know, he's like the next door guy, the sidekick that you love. And I've I've always fought with that. That's that's something that I always fought with uh with the character of Robin. I'm like, you know, he should be a little bit darker and a little bit uh, like Batman because he suffered the same road as Batman did. But writers don't I guess they don't see it. I mean, I would have a different take if I ever wrote Dick, he would be very different. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Apple, because uh, their road wasn't exactly the same. In the modern version of continuity, when Bruce's parents died, he kind of took a more solitude, introverted path. 
He, you know, Alfred was around, but he went around the world, never stayed in one place for too long, studied with different people. Dick was raised by Bruce and Alfred and had kind of more of a family life. And he was more social, too, growing up. I mean, he had not only Bruce and Alfred, but he had the Titans and stuff. So I think that Bruce's path to adulthood and Dick's path to adulthood were both very different. And they're, you know, while they have similar psychological stuff, they're not the same person. Right. And and I mean that's that's the thing. I would have never put Robin with the Teen Titans. That's what I mean. The Robin the Robin character would have been a totally different take. Well, but that's Dick. I mean cuz he was always a showboat. He grew up at the circus. He wore the bright outfit. He was the flying Graysons, you know. With right. Batman, but, it's, you know, stay in the shadows, you know, be introverted. But when he's with the Titans, that's why he was more of himself. He could showboat more and do that stuff. That's why even in the early days with Batman, he was doing the puns. Yeah, which is very odd because Bruce, even when he was young, he came from uh, a more uh, prestigious background. He was more everything handed to him. Dig being in a circus, it was kind of always being like, you know, kind of like the, the little brother type. He didn't have the, the childhood that Bruce did. Yes, child Bruce lost his parents at a young age, but so did Dick. But to me, Dick had a rougher life than Bruce did. Yeah, but Dick had more of a support system after his parents died than I think Bruce did. I think that Bruce would have had support if he would have reached out more, but Bruce really kind of, it seems like he cut himself off. Even to See, Alfred I- emotionally in some degree. Which they'll, they both probably see Alfred just as a father figure for both of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what I'm going to say is that you both have your own opinions. And my opinion is that it would be nice if Dick wasn't so uh, lovey-dovey, if you know what I mean. Soft, exactly. Oh, soft. come on. He is, Josh. He can't be soft. Okay, but, okay, here's the thing that I have a problem with. You're making it sound like no. he's like marching on, you know, Capitol Hill going, make love not <laughs> And he's like, I will not fight you, Joker. I, I will rehabilitate you with hugs. Okay, okay. Don't, don't bring your Beatles stuff into this now. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. Oh, the fans all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is I'm getting tired of seeing Dick mope around like a little baby in Batman. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, and remember, too, the whole duality thing. You know, Bruce and Batman have always been two different people. Dick Grayson's personality, from Dick Grayson to Robin Nightwing or whoever he's playing, has usually been the same. He's never really you know, separate, it, separated his life as much. You know, in the early days when, when uh, Dick left to be Nightwing, it, it, it made it seem when, of course, I was much younger, it always made us feel like he was going to go off to be his own Batman. And I guess I've always waited for that, expected that. And, of course, with the, with the whole Nightwing, you know, being solo, it, it just never took that turn to being like the Batman we we're expecting Dick to be. And, I mean, I'm, I'm using Batman, but not Batman's outfit, not using Batman's name, but his own character. You know what I mean? And, of course, Eric, we can have an argument about, oh, but Nightwing's this, Nightwing's that. But I've always felt, honestly, I felt sorry for him because I felt he should have been a little bit more tougher, more rougher around the edges, too. Are you forgetting when he beat the Joker to death? And uh, <laughs> I forget. And I'm, I'm actually having a continuity, um, you know, uh, amnesia here because I'm 
It was a Chuck Dixon uh, crossover. I want to say Last Laugh, but where Joker um, tricked Nightwing into thinking that Killer Croc had murdered Tim Drake. Dick beats the Joker to death, and I think and, I think Batman or someone had to give the Joker like CPR to resuscitate him to bring him back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think it was the last time. We're not going to talk about when he when he joins the mob because that that doesn't count. That was a Devin Grayson story. Devin Grayson's run never happened. Exactly. Anyway, so okay, so moving on. The only other news we've got is on August 9th, uh, during the, that weekend. Wizard World held their Chicago Comic Con, and DC Nation was there, and they had a very small bit of news, um, but there was some news. Um, the highlights that have anything to do with Batman were the Batman Doc Savage special does not take place in the DC Universe. Ezreal commented on this by saying Doc Savage, Savage is an established character in it, and Batman is just getting started. Batman Month 1. The Dark Knight quickly attracts the attention of established heroes like Doc Savage, Blackhawks, The Spirit, and The Avenger. Chris Yost said that Red Robin will make some significant progress in his quest to find Bruce in issue number 4. Ian Sattler commented that Red Robin will be a, a breakout character over the next year. Ian Sattler also confirmed that Batman will be in Tiny Titan, the, that the Batman in Tiny Titans is in fact Bruce Wayne. Uh, Brian Azrael then confirmed that Batman in Batman Doc Savage, the special, is also Bruce Wayne. Ian Sattler said, we will be seeing more of All-Star Batman, but there is no time frame as of right now. So that's all of the news that there was um, out of Chicago Comic-Con in relationship to Batman. Were there really people wondering if the Batman in Tiny Titans was Bruce Wayne? Really? Is that even relevant? Like, I've I've read Tiny Titans. It's a fun little enjoyable book, but like, really, somebody actually put that question to DC? Yeah. I'm not honestly that surprised because people ask some really dumb questions sometimes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and what's even worse is when they ask them on Newsarama, and then Newsarama picks the question and asks, and it's just a waste of a question. So, anyway, that's all of the comic news we have. Uh, normally, we'd be moving into book news, but for whatever reason, DC has decided not to hit our, our pocketbooks this uh, next two weeks with trade paperbacks, and there are no trade paperbacks coming out. So, let's get into comic reviews, and let's start off with Detective Comics with Josh. All right, when we last left, uh, Kate Kane Batwoman, she had just crossed paths with uh, Alice, who was the leader of this crime religion. That's been targeting Batwoman. Batwoman just decided to cut the bull, and instead of doing a 20-page fight sequence, just went ahead and shot her. The bullet just kind of dissipates on her chest, and she says, what a curious feeling. Now, if you can't tell yet, her name's Alice. She's saying, what a curious feeling. That's right, it's an Alice in Wonderland-themed villain, it looks like. She speaks in lots of riddles. Batwoman decides to that since the shooting her didn't work, it is time to go ahead and do a splash page fight sequence. And we do get some beautiful uh, J.H. Williams III artwork over the next few pages while they're fighting. Batwoman interrogates her and then realizes, oh, I see, you're basically an Alice in a Wonderland-themed villain. We already have one of those in Gotham. 
which I thought was kind of funny. She's saying, oh, I wouldn't be much of a use to him. And then she just wants to know why the crime syndicate's wanting to kill her. Why does she matter to these people? And uh, she's not really getting much answers. And it turns out that uh, Alice had hit a blade in her mouth. Really kind of creepy. You know, uses it, um, spits it out, you know, bites it with her teeth and uses it to cut Batwoman. And it, uh, it drugs her. And Batwoman starts to hallucinate. She sees some things while... Alice continues to attack her. Remember last issue when Batman warned her about the hair and the cape and how it was dangerous because somebody yanks on her hair and it's over. Well, Alice does yank on her hair, but as we saw last issue, that's actually a wig. So the wig comes right off. Batwoman jumps off the rooftop that they're on to escape. And she's in, it almost looks like a forest or a graveyard. And she's seen her mom, um... Now, the person who we speculated might be her father, we weren't sure about that, uh, looks on the computer and sees uh, via the tracking system she's in trouble, so she goes to find her. Meanwhile, Alice is back at her little criminal hideout, and everybody's kind of, you know, apologizing for their failures, and she goes ahead and uh, shoots one of the minions in the head, then she turns the gun onto the rest of them. So, a really weird Alice in a Wonderland-type villain here. She and the others, uh, survivors, go back to find where Batwoman is in this forest graveyard thing. She sees a few more people, including Renee Montoya as the question, complete with her longer hair, which doesn't match up with the backup, and uh, continues seeing her mom when her dad, we're just going to call her her dad at this point, you know, starts to rescue her. But Alice comes, and her and dad engage in a shootout, then all of a sudden... From the forest, not sure if this is real, my guess is, is that it's an effect of the toxins or the drugs or whatever. We see a werewolf, some kind of an amphibian woman, and what looks like a mummy. And you can almost hear the thriller theme playing in the background, and that's to be continued for that uh, story. We still have the question back up, and Renee Montoya was investigating the disappearance of somebody's sister when she ran into some gang members outside of a house. She makes uh, quick work of the gang members um, and tortures one of them, asking where this girl Louisa is, uh, finally gives her an address to go to, and while Renee Montoya is investigating at the address, she overhears somebody in the next room talking about, did you give her, did you give out my name, was she a cop? While Montoya is about to burst into the room, somebody comes up behind her and tases her, big, tall, blonde guy. Knocks her right out with the taser, and that's to be continued for that backup. You are completely out of your mind. Okay, guys, this is going to lead us into Batman Confidential, issue 32. And in this story, we found out where we last left Batman was in Moscow. And Moscow, he's trying to find out who this mysterious Czar's character is. In this world, we also find out that there is something worse than Batman in Moscow that people fear. And what leads into that story is right off the bat, we see a thug beating up a gentleman. And Batman swings down and says, do you work for the Czars? Who is the Czars? And the guy's like, I'm not going to tell you who Czars is. In fact, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to blow my brains out. And so he literally blows his brains out. And Batman's like, okay, that's not like criminals from Gotham would do. And so Batman, very feel, he's, he's feeling very out of his element on here. And so Moscow is new territory for him. So he's got to learn Moscow. But in the process, uh, they're after him. And so not only after him, but also the Moscow police are starting to question who this Batman is. 
that people have been seeing. Now they start visiting any visitors from America or they're trying to see who, uh, uh, well, of course, Bruce is undercover. Uh, who is he related to? They also think that he could probably be a connection from America for the czars. So in a way, they kind of want to leave him alone because, of course, they feel the czars too. And what are they feeling is that uh, there's a mysterious bear character. Okay, and so Zars is here controlling this bear type character. Well, he goes off. Batman comes in, of course. Batman does his usual thing, breaks into a warehouse, and he ties up a guy, hangs him on. And so he comes in, and then he's like, you know, tell me who Zars is. And so as he comes in, boom, the bear is right there. And so as the thugs look on, Batman's actually fighting back with the bear. And everybody's like, oh, man, Batman's fighting the bear. So... That kind of leads off to where the police already come in, and the bear then escapes. We then see Batman. He's just, like, right there trying to figure out, okay, this is going to be a little bit different. And that's where it leads us off into this uh, second part of a five-story arc for Batman Confidential. All right. So, like I said, not a lot of comics to cover, but that's it. So let's go into a review wrap-up, starting with Detective Comics. I don't feel like a lot happened in either of these stories. Once again, the art was good, but I could pretty much sum up uh, both of the stories in two or three sentences. You know, Batwoman fights Alice, gets drugged, her dad shows up, and then werewolves come. And um, Detective Comic, you know, the backup with the question, Renee Montoya tortures a guy, goes to an address, gets knocked out. I generally like a little more story with my comics. You know, the art was good, though. So I guess I will bump it up to... I'm going to be a little more generous than I should be and say three out of five batterings. Cool. Uh, Batman Confidential, guys, I love this series. The reason why, because it's really set into its own continuity world. I mean, it's only set for this world. So, I mean... The story can change for something else after this and become a totally different continuity. I like that. Uh, Milligan, he 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 wrote Batman really well. He he, uh, I like how he gets in his head. I like how he interprets Batman's actions and the way he would be here in this situation. I really like that. That's very enjoyable for me. Uh, Clark Clark reminds me of Frank Quietly. His his art is consistent. It's there. I mean, is it Jim Lee-ish? No, but is it consistent that you get the story throughout the book? Yes, I do. And I think because of those two gentlemen on this book, I'm going to go ahead and give it four out of five batterings because I really do like this series. All right, so that's the end of the review wrap-up. All right, so let's throw it over to Josh. He's going to tell us all about Batman Brave and the Bold, the last two issues. All right, for Brave and the Bold, issue six and seven, uh, Batman teamed up with Kid Eternity to fight General Immortus, and for issue seven, he teamed up with the Doom Patrol to fight the Mad Mod. As you all know, this is written for a younger audience in mind, so we uh, took these comics to two kids. Names have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, we're going to call them, for the sake of these reviews, Thomas, age seven, and Monty, age nine. Their comments on issue six, where Batman and Kid Eternity team up to fight uh, General Immortus, say this. Kid Eternity is cool because he can summon people from different times to help fight people. There is a time portal that is stuck in the Batcave, and it makes all the bad guys go around, including some cowboys who are robbing banks. But it's funny because they say that the money looks different. Kid Eternity helps Batman by summoning these different people. 
One of them is a guy called the Shiny Knight. He has a flying horse. I think that the Shiny Knight looks like a wimp. Monty counteracted that his head looked like a bullet, so he thought that the Shiny Knight was cool, which led into a bit of a debate, as debates go with kids. Eventually, the General Immortus escapes from his Batcave cage while they're fighting Vikings, and he says that the only person that can defeat him is a warrior that wasn't born from a man and a woman, and Ken Eternity does not know how to summon somebody who is not like that. Eventually, he summons G.I. Robot. G.I. Robot is cool because he's part robot and part soldier. I want to see him on the TV show for Batman Brave and the Bold. He beats up the General Amortis guy, and then the day is saved, and Batman and Kid Eternity are in the Batcave. I liked all the people that came from the different times, and I really liked the G.I. robots. The Flying Horse was kind of cool, but Shiny Knight was a bit of a wimpy guy. I did not like him. And um, between the two of them, they each gave four out of five batterings for this issue. They liked the second issue a lot better because they said it has Beast Boy. Beast Boy was on Teen Titans, and he was funny. In this book, Beast Boy's team is the Doom Patrol, and they have all been captured. When Beast Boy meets Batman, he says, hi, Dad. And it's funny because he's dressed up as a bat. Beast Boy is a bat, and, he, and he's calling Batman Daddy. Beast Boy makes lots of jokes in this book, and I think Batman is kind of annoyed with him. Beast Boy's team, the Doom Patrol, is captured by somebody, and each member has their clothes stolen. One guy is, Mr. is named Negative, and he's a mummy, but his bandages are unwrapped, so he's glowing radioactive. They have to find something to put on him. I think that the villain was cool, and it reminds me of the guy from the Watchman commercials, because he's also glowing blue behind the closed door. There's a robot with his head cut off, and they have to find the rest of his body. When they're fighting people, Batman says to Beast Boy, duck, and Beast Boy turns into a duck. I thought that that was funny. I hope that Beast Boy is funny when he comes on the Brave and the Bold TV show. They also see Elastigirl. She's kind of like uh, the Elastigirl in The Incredibles. And her clothes were also stolen, so she asked Batman and Beast Boy not to look into her chamber. They find a woman bad guy, and they punch her out, and Elastigirl takes her clothes. They see the Mad Mod, who was on the Teen Titans TV show. He calls them duckies. I think that that is weird. Why is he calling them duckies? I thought that Beast Boy was going to turn into a duck as a joke, but he didn't. Mad Mod is just weird. He has a suit of Doom that has the Doom Patrol's powers, and they all fight him. When he gets defeated, Beast Boy and Batman are, and the Doom Patrol shake hands, and then they find out that the animal vegetable Mineral Man is on the loose, and they have to fight him next. But that's the end of the issue. I really like this issue because it reminded me of the Teen Titans TV show because we had the Mad Mod and Beast Boy, and they were both funny. The Doom Patrol seemed weird. I think that they will be on the Brave and the Bold TV show soon, and I hope that it is just like this issue. They both gave this one five out of five batterings. Just a couple of real quick comments. Uh, obviously, for those of you who listen to the normal cast, you know that some of these characters will actually be in the TV show. G.I. Robot will, in fact, be on the show, as well as the Doom Patrol. The one thing I find interesting is they made the comment about the girl taking her clothes off, and that was like a whole two seconds long. <laughs> well, to a kid, that was like that was like the most sexual thing ever. And if if you've seen the book, you only really see her head behind the door, and she tells uh, Batman and Beast Boy to back away. Yeah, it's like a total of like two panels. But <laughs> that's what they uh, that's what they took away from the story. Well, anyway, all right. So I, I love their take on the British accents. Why is he like "Hello, duckies"? I, I guess that that's like a British turn of phrase, but. 
All right, so moving on, um, let's move into our discussion for this episode, which will be a real quick discussion on who our final predictions of Batgirl will be. I am sticking with my original choice, and it's going to be Stephanie Brown. Yeah, I'm going with that, too. I was joking around before the podcast. Oh, it's obviously Betty Kane. I'm just saying that because people are still guessing Betty Kane, but uh, she's already been off the table. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to stick with Stephanie Brown. I really like her. I want her to. I think that'll be the next nice step for her. All right. Let's round up some clues here for a moment. Clue number one G, in every single appearance that Stephanie's had the past few months, Tim has to say a variation of, I never want to see you in that costume again. Not, I don't want to see you fighting bad guys. I don't want to see you patrolling the rooftops. It's, I never want to see you in that costume again. Kind of an emphasis there, as, as if they're leading up to something. Clue number two. It's someone on under the Batgirl thing on the board, according to the interviews. Stephanie is under that board, and uh, the only other people under that board would are uh, Misfits, Oracle, Calculator, and uh, Cassandra. And we're pretty sure, based on lots of things, it's not going to be Cassandra. Misfits, mm, well, that's another thing, but, you know, we're just not so sure about that. A big clue when we're interviewing Adam Beach in, remember this. We said, who do you think should be Batgirl? And if you listen to the podcast, he went into a whole rant, you know. And during that rant, he said, I like Stephanie as spoiler. It was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. uh, we sure didn't bring up Stephanie. But, uh, and that was a pretty big clue in my mind. Yeah, the, what's interesting is that I find it interesting how more people I mean it's not even worth like honestly I know there's people out there who are hoping Babs becomes Batgirl I just don't see that happening but to those people uh, what I find interesting is it seems to be like a shift all the people who have been saying they want Babs it seems like there's more people now saying that they believe it's Cassandra who's going to be Batgirl more than anybody else so it'll be interesting one way or the other yeah, and if you look in the preview for the first issue, she's wearing Cassandra's costume, so that could be the thing. If she's wearing Cassandra's costume, then if Tim sees Batgirl stop bank robbery or something on the news, he'll just assume that it was Cassandra doing it. And it's been established in the past that Stephanie and Cassandra are really close friends, so maybe they kind of like worked out this deal together or something. Well, the other thing to keep in mind with the preview is that they never actually said that this was the new Batgirl that they were showing. Right. Well, didn't she say something about how she'd been out of practice or something? For, I don't remember. I'll have to look at the preview again. I think that it's too slim to be Babs, but then again, that's just the artwork, you know? Right, we all know how the artwork can change so much. Well, everyone was talking about you know, uh, chest size as a clue, and I said, well, look at the network cover. You know, that doesn't exactly leave Cassandra out of the running. But uh, if the first issue doesn't reveal who it is, at least by the last page, I'm probably going to kill myself. <laughs> I have a feeling that's exactly what's going to happen, because it seemed to me that when they were talking about Batgirl, they said it was going to be basically like a mystery for everyone. 
I don't understand why, if it wasn't, if they were going to tell us right away who it was, why would they hold off telling Batman and Robin who the new Batgirl is until issue number three? Oh, that would suck. Issue three? That would, that's kind of wrong, man. And everybody's going to pick you want to find out and they don't get to issue three. Oh my goodness. It yeah, better be you, a very good story. Can you imagine <laughs> if they would have ended Battle for the Cal? You didn't know who was going to be Batman. And then for the first three months, they just have somebody fighting with Damien and they never say who it is. Would have driven everyone crazy. Yeah, and I think the, pro- the biggest problem is because this, this book has been delayed. I mean, it was supposed to come out in June. I don't know why it didn't other than they just didn't want... It to be as big as the other books for whatever reason, but it was supposed to come out in June. They postponed it for two months. Now it's coming out now, and then we're gonna have to wait. I mean, I they're they're milking this for a little too much than they need to. And I, I could see them milking it when the book comes out too. Just like having her say something that would be like very Babs like in the issue, then having her say something like, "Oh, I like purple." You know, like Stephanie, and just to like throw different people off and to appease different fans. Yeah, I can and, see that too. You know, if this if it comes out and it's not very, I mean, we're hoping it's going to be very good. But I mean, if they lead us like in a, in a round circle where we don't like to, uh, we're going to rip them apart. <laughs> I mean, it, the thing is, what are we going to debate about when this is over? I mean, it's fun to debate about Batgirl covers. That doesn't mean I want the mystery dragged out forever, though. I think that's part of the problem. I think that they see that it's a mystery, and it's a bigger mystery than who is going to be Batman. Alright, so that's going to be the end of the discussion. Let's throw it over to Nick with That Book's for Beginners. Hello there and welcome back to another edition of BBFB or Back Books for Beginners. Today I'm reviewing Catwoman When in Rome, written by Jeff Loeb with artwork by Tim Sale. Now this was a six issue series published in 2004 and is available in trade paperback form. This writing and artwork team is the same team that worked on Long Halloween and Dark Victory which I've reviewed recently. And this, fill, this story generally fills in the gaps of Selena Kyle during those two books. This is the second Catwoman book that I've reviewed on this segment, Catwoman Year One being the first one, and that was a bit of a letdown. So, is this as well? So let's get started, shall we? What a perfect idea. Now the plot of the film involves Catwoman and the Riddler taking a trip to Rome. There, Catwoman meets the Blonde, a hitman who sets up a meeting between Selina and the capo of the Italian mob. Don Verini, the person Catwoman was due to meet, is murdered using the Joker's venom. Catwoman is blamed, and soon all three heroes are beset by Verini's assassins. Meanwhile, Selina suffers nightmares featuring Batman. After Catwoman's hotel room is burnt down by Verini's son, forcing her to jump into a pool completely naked in order to escape death, Catwoman, the Riddler, and the Blonde escape to the Blonde's yacht. They go to find Verini's son, and at the docks... In a fight with the sun, Catwoman is put on ice using Mr. Freeze's ice gun. 
but she manages to escape thanks to the blonde and barters a deal with Guillermo Varini. The Riddler then retreats back to Gotham City for a short time, in which he attends the Hangman trial conducted by Two-Face during the parallel events of Batman Dark Victory. After stealing a valuable ring from the Vatican, Catwoman is attacked by the Cheetah. After Catwoman defeats the villain, with the assistance of the blonde again, she visits Louisa, Carmine Falcone's widow. Louisa denies that Catwoman is her daughter and then orders the blonde to kill Catwoman. Eventually, Catwoman figures out the truth. The Riddler has betrayed her using the trademarks of the Joker, Mr. Freeze, and also the Scarecrow's fear gas, which was the cause of Catwoman's bat-related dreams. The Riddler believed that Catwoman knew the answer to what he considered the greatest riddle, who is Batman under the mask. Catwoman defeats the Riddler and his henchmen. The Riddler later captures the ring, but it turns out to be a fake and infects himself on a plane with Scarecrow's fear gas. A booby trap that is set by Catwoman. The blonde then reveals to Catwoman that as a child he was witness to his uncle Falcone, that would be Carmine Falcone, passing on a baby to his bodyguard for disposal since he had two daughters and no sons at the time. Louisa Falcone managed to convince the bodyguard to send the child to America for adoption instead, and that he believed this baby was Selina Kyle, but he had no proof. Louisa Falcone later kills the blonde for failing to murder Catwoman and bring her the capo ring. Catwoman waits for the blonde at the airport, but when he doesn't show, she returns to Gotham, with no hard evidence to prove the identity of her parents, but a possibility. The story ends with a two-page epilogue that is an identical scene from Batman Dark Victory in which Catwoman bids farewell to Carmine Falcone at his grave. Now in review, I generally enjoyed the fact that this book tied in with Long Halloween quite often, especially at the start and the end. I thought there were some great dream sequences, particularly at the start and throughout with Batman. I was a bit confused as to whether Catwoman knows the identity of Batman or not. At some point she says, Bruce, when Batman becomes involved in the story. And then towards the end, when the Riddler's trying to find out the answer from her, she says she doesn't know. And I was a bit confused as to whether she did or didn't at this moment in time know who Batman was. I'm guessing she didn't, but as I said, it wasn't made completely clear. I thought there was some really good comedic moments throughout this book, such as... And the Riddler was a was one of the main reasons for all that comedy, with him, for instance, trying on Catwoman's outfit. Um, and talking about the outfits, I thought the black leather outfit that Catwoman wore looked really great. I did prefer it to the purple one, more classic one that Jeff Loeb usually sticks with, but he clearly wanted to try something a bit different and I think it worked for it well. There were a few interesting moments that stood out, in particular with the artwork I can think of, a James Bond style crosshair sort of panel where it looks like a sniper rifle is zooming in on Selina Kyle. A big flaw I found in the book was, why is the Riddler with her? What is the point of bringing him along? Isn't she intelligent enough to work all this stuff out on her own? She's done that before. She doesn't usually get partners. And I really felt that he was just there for the story. It's not part of her character to bring someone like that along. I know they address that in the book, but 
I think Catwoman is not in her character to do that. Quite unusual for Jeff Lowe. There were some clever little nods throughout the book that tell us where exactly we are in the timeline, like Catwoman referring to Bruce Wayne going to the circus, which of course mirror the events in Dark Victory where Bruce goes to the circus and Dick Grayson's parents are killed. I enjoyed a few little moments like the fact Falcone's scratches on his face we find out were caused by Catwoman. We also we learn a bit, a bit more about Batman and Catwoman's first encounter. And the general narration throughout the book by Catwoman is very interesting, it's personal, it was a lot better than Catwoman Year One, and had some pretty funny moments in it as well. Blondie, or the Blonde Man, was an interesting character throughout the book. I was never really sure of his true allegiance, and that was a clever character to play with, and I, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure where, where he was going to go, and it didn't really go in the direction I expected, and that's Jeff Loeb for you. He doesn't... In some comics you think, oh, I know where this is going, and sometimes it turns out exactly as you expected, but it didn't in this case. The artwork in general is... Um, same as previous books with Tim Sale. I really like it. I know some people just don't. It's a bit, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. I think it generally works pretty well. So I won't comment too much on that because I've already commented two times before. So overall, I thought this book was generally intriguing. It was more light-hearted than the previous two books of this team-up of writer and artist. And it's certainly capable of standing alone as its own story, even though it is linked between the two books. You're going to get more out of it if you've read Long Halloween and Dark Victory, but you could easily, if you just fancy reading Catwoman, go to go for this. It made me chuckle, but I feel it does have some flaws too. As I said, the inclusion of the Riddler on a trip really makes no sense to me. So overall, it's fairly enjoyable. Not a bad book by any means, but it didn't stand out particularly either. Maybe I'm just getting a bit tired of this style of writing and artwork and need something a bit fresh, because now it's been almost three books in a row. Overall, I'll give it 4 out of 5 batterings. I feel I might be a bit generous with that, but I generally like this writing and artist team, and it's better than most other books out there, and it's certainly the best Catwoman story I've come across, and I think that's a character that can be quite tricky to do right, so I think they certainly got that bit correct. So, 4 out of 5 batterings. Batman, why for art thou doing this to me? It's my job, Catwoman. We could make such beautiful music together. If you look at the three books that I've reviewed recently for Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, Long Halloween got 5 out of 5, Dark Victory got 4 out of 5, and Catwoman also got 4 out of 5. So you can really tell why this writer and also the artist are so popular. And if you are a beginner out there, like this segment is designed for, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are a great place to start. Consistency, quality, entertainment, that's what they offer. And just in case you're wondering, no, I do not work for them. So that's Catwoman when in Rome. Um, you can always contact me at nicknick at thebatmanuniverse.net with any messages you want to send my way. Next time I'm reviewing Robin Year One, which will hopefully be a more impressive origin story for Robin than Dark Victory was. I hope you're keeping up with all the books out there, and do please let me know what you think of this segment as we're going along. Now it's back to Dustin and the guys. See ya. It's all over, Catwoman. I could swim for it. You'd never survive the fall. It's at least a hundred feet down into the West River. Anything's better than facing prison again. I'll do everything I can to rehabilitate you. Marry me. Everything except that. So that was Bat Books for Beginners. Make sure you pick up Robin Year One for next episode. 
Let's go over our upcoming releases for the next two weeks. On August 19th, we have Batgirl number one, Batman Streets of Gotham number three, Outsiders number 21, and Superman Batman number 63. August 26th, we have Batman Brave and the Bold number eight, Batman Widening Gear number one, Detective Comics number 856, Gotham City Sirens number three, and Batman and Robin number three. So a lot of stuff coming out in the next two weeks. You can expect a lot of comics to be reviewed in the next episode. Speaking of that, let's go over what we will be covering in the next episode. We will be covering Batman 689, Red Robin number 3, Batgirl number 1, Streets of Gotham number 3, Outsiders 21, and Superman Batman number 63. So, like I said, a lot of stuff that we're going to be covering kind of makes up for the fact that this episode is going to be as short as it is. So, Alright, so just a couple quick things to make a note of. On August 23rd, we will be having a call-in show at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um... We said in the last podcast it was going to be August 16th. We've postponed it one week due to a lot of people's schedules conflicting. But basically what you can do is you can add The Batman Universe, no spaces, on Skype. And be on Skype during that time frame, around 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on the 23rd. And we will actually um, call you on Skype, or we can call your cell phone or home phone or anything like that, and actually talk to you that way. And you can ask us questions, any questions you want. Also, you can email questions in if you're not going to be available on August 23rd. So, some other things going on. Um, if There's a contest going, out, going on right now for the San Diego Comic-Con stuff that we've got for you guys. So, make sure you check out the blog for all of the contest details. And you can make sure that you see all the, well, some of the prizes. Keep in mind, all the prizes aren't there. The contest is running until... August 31st, and you will be, and basically all you have to do is either do some art, write write an article, make a video, make an audio recording, telling us why you come to the BatmanUniverse.net to get all your Batman news. So like I said, for more details, check out the blog. If you haven't checked out the new blog, you should be. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, I've been making a great effort to make sure that there's at least something posted once a day. If not, then I double up the next day. Uh, We've got lots of different comic book reviews on there done by various members of the forums. Um, We also have a couple of other things. One thing that I am doing personally is every Wednesday I'm kind of doing a pre-review of all of the comics that are coming out and let you know what you should buy, what you should pass, and what you should just read um, of all the books that are coming out Batman related. So you can check that out. I've been doing that for the last two weeks and it'd be nice if we could get some response. One of the good things about this new blog is that you can leave comments right there on the website which is convenient. It'd be awesome if you guys left comments. Also, I believe Nick is going to be doing something new on the blog for Bat Books for Beginners, so make sure you're checking that out for any for all, any and all details on that. You can email us at comicpodcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can leave us a review on iTunes, preferably one that's great. Um, uh, that's going to be about it for this episode. Facebook is the only th- other thing you can check out. Make sure you join the forums, get involved with the different people on the site. So this is Dustin. This is Apple. You got Josh. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Adios.
Okay, so the first mo tag moment of the episode is over. <laughs> How do you say his last name? Fabian Narciza. I want to say Narciza because it almost sounds Spanish. But it can be Italian too, though. I always thought it was like Nicaesia. See, and I want to pronounce it Narciza. But it, it can be Narcisia. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to say Fabian because everyone knows what we mean when we say Fabian. Fabian yeah. N. They also checked out, they also posted up a cover of Red Robin, um, number four, no, Red Robin number six. You know, um, oh, I thought Josh wanted to say something right there. <laughs> nope, it's all you, Apple. Any interjection, any interjection, Justin? Any opinion on this? Uh, Batwoman, you know, just decided to cut the bull. Went ahead, can I say cut the bull? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. In Moscow, there's something they fear worse than Batman. It is Apple, what is your... You're breaking up really bad. Apple. That was odd. It's bound to happen even in the short podcast. Yeah. We'll parse it off. Uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> since you started, it was going on. Are you straight. serious? Yeah. Oh, crap. You know, at least when Dick, uh, I'm Dick, uh, I don't know why I said that. At least when Nick breaks up, he goes Megatron. You can't even do a voice <laughs> impression or anything. I know. I just you, disappear. Like, you gotta, like, you gotta do an 80s cartoon character. Come on. <laughs> when we interviewed Adam Beek, Beechin, is that it? Beechin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna get, you're... Have we ever given something no batarangs at all? Uh, yes, Apple uh, gave Superman, Batman, Vampires, mm. and Werewolves. Yeah, I was like, just skip it. I, no I, 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 went, I went by Borders and they had the trade paperback. I seriously just told the guy, just throw that in the trash, man. It's, <laughs> it's not worth selling. <laughs> Alright, so that was Bat Folk. Sixth of August, we have Batman. Uh, you didn't do this today's books, did you? Why would I do today's books? Because it's upcoming releases, isn't it? Or, or it's upcoming releases. This posts on Friday, so the next week that they would hear is next week. Okay. We already had we already did them for that other podcast, though. Did we? Right okay. We put we put them on that other podcast yes, we did, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I lied. Continue. Okay, let's try this again. Also, I forgot, but dang it, start over from August 26th, so I find it interesting how someone thought we were boring, and yet we have so many people who like us, so hats off to the person who think we're boring, hopefully we're a little bit more exciting for you. That's all I'm saying. 